Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Get Outside with Kids. Tonight, you've got Kate and myself here, but we're also going to throw in a few of our past guests. What we really want to share on this episode is kind of a, a laugh as we head into the holidays. And so we're going to recap the messiest, muddiest, I guess, worst mistakes of our guests from this past year, because there were some really good stories that were just too good to listen to just one time. I feel like as a parent, things go wrong for me pretty much daily, sometimes hourly. Jen and I have both had a pretty full-on week, uh, full-on weekend. It's cold and flu season. I think it's going to be cold and flu season for months here. Um, and that can just bring so many extra challenges. So, you know, we we like to keep things pretty honest here and let you know that it is not easy to get outside with kids. It's not easy to be a parent at all. And it's also not easy to be an educator. The first story that we want to share tonight came from one of our guests who is an educator in our school system in our local area, Lauren McLean. And her episode was way back on episode 20, where she told us this horrific story. And we'll let Lauren tell you all about it. We all love a good fail story. And this story, to this day, I can I can replay the entire half an hour from start to finish, no problem. So this was maybe six years ago, and I was still teaching in the Richmond district, and I was co-teaching with my friend April Pickerinen. So we had two kindergarten classrooms, K-1s, 44 students. Those are young kids, two teachers, and we had three visiting teachers from a different district to watch how we ran our outdoor program. So we're going for our little nature walk. And in Richmond in February, we have a lot of snow geese. They cover the field. It's all you can see is white. And I'm standing at the back while April was showing some kids some, I think she was showing them some bulbs in the ground. Or, so she was down low and I'm at the back with the group. And of course, I have by my side, one of the most cutest, smallest little kindergarten kids who's a little anxious. So he's always sticking pretty close to me. And I'm talking to the visiting teachers about the snow geese and, oh, you know, it's, it's a bit hard. We'll just have to walk around the other side of the field to get to the clean area of the grass. And then a dog ran through the playground off leash, spooked our snow geese. And so all you hear is, and then a pow, there is a huge bang. There are sparks. There are full snow geese bodies falling from the ground. There are bits and pieces of snow geese falling from the ground. There are burning feathers. So you can smell the burnt feathers. The snow geese had grounded themselves from the ground to the power lines. I couldn't count how many dead snow geese there were, but you can imagine the fear of 44 kindergarten students turning around and seeing all this mayhem. Oh so the crying <laughs> and the poor little boy that's around my leg is hugging me so desperately. And so, okay, it's okay, kids. We're just going to go back in the classroom. So we quick, get everybody get inside, in. Get inside. Get inside. It's the end of the world. <laughs> but the next layer is all the power in the entire uh, neighborhood went out. So now all the lights are blinking Even when better. we get Even inside the it's school. It's the end of the world. Oh, it really is. Poor monkeys. So I can't believe... That the, so the snow geese basically just flew into power lines and yeah. oh my gosh. And because there were so many of them, they were all, they were all touching. So they had grounded themselves. And so and they just all got electrocuted. And that was oh the last time those kids ever went outside, I guess. <laughs> they never went outside <laughs> again. They never looked at snow geese the same way. Oh my gosh, Kate, that story is like, 
I think that's the one story that really has stayed with me. Like those poor traumatized children. I really, really feel for them. And I hope they were, I mean, just imagine the conversations at dinner table that night. Like, I just feel like those poor kids went home and were like, mommy, I saw a hundred birds die today. (laughs) I feel like I can smell the dead birds and I wasn't there. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was quite the story. And I hope, I hope it's not repeated almost on. Well, I guess on, on the serious note of things going wrong, let's throw it back to Pete Clarkson episode. Again, if you've listened to Pete Clarkson episode, you know, he's of, let's call it a different generation. You know, he's got more of our parents age generation and his children are now, are now grown adults. So things were just, they were just a bit more casual back in the day. Like you might just have a whole van load of kids. You take down to the beach for a swim, like no big deal. I mean, there definitely weren't car seats or any of that kind of stuff. And you might just head into the ocean for a quick swim, but things can go quickly wrong in the ocean as they sometimes do. So let's tune in to hear what might have gone slightly wrong uh, when Pete kind of didn't account for that riptide coming in. The worst one for me, for sure, uh, involved a few kids. So that was first problem, <laughs> number one. But uh, As in not I even was, your um, kids? Yes, yes. Mine <laughs> and more. It was usually the way things went. I loved taking, I had a big suburban, so I could, it was like the family bus, you know, so I could always pack a bunch of the kids in and we would go poking around. And uh, that's what we were doing this day. And um, they all had the wetsuits on them. So I can't remember the, the backstory, but we were probably out either swimming at the lake or, or uh, body surfing, you know, and um, on the way back was later in the day and uh, a Sunday later in the day. And there was this little, a site, a little rocky islet uh, just off the, sh- the coast of, of the shore of Wiccaninish um interpretive center at the the end of Long Beach there and it's like just a stone throw it's so close this little islet and there was a, an active uh, oyster catcher nest there that I had been studying and monitoring and they had eggs in it and I was doing this little study at the time to determine you know how old the eggs were and um, I thought oh this is going to be so awesome I'll take the kids all out to that island and they can see the oyster catcher nest and the eggs and you know I can talk to them about you know the whole eco- ecology there and and um, it'll be super cool because we had to swim this little gap i mean we're talking you know 50 feet gap uh from the beach to the island and they all had their wetsuits i was like ah perfect we can just do that we're all kitted up and so me and the five kids who walked down there it's you know 4 35 getting later people are leaving the beach and uh, it was a pretty freaking big swell coming in and um I I did not appreciate the strength of the rip current that was coming around that little island. It was like, uh, you know, that's where the rip currents are the strongest. And I was not uh, in the know as much as I should have been. And uh, so kitted all the kids up. We walked out to the edge of the, the sand and then, uh, the, you know, then we had to jump into the water and swim across this little channel to the islet. And we freaking jumped into the water and it was like jumping into this river and the kids were going, phew. <laughs> and they're they are headed out to sea oh and, uh, <laughs> and i'm just i was the last in and it was like oh my god i gotta round them up and uh, i'm yelling that um, i had my two kids who i knew the best and i trusted the most to, for their swimming ability and and uh following directions and so they were heading out and they're looking at me and going you gotta swim hard swim hard swim hard swim hard you know and at this angle to the island go 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 <laughs> so they did and they they pulled it off and got out of there and everybody's white you know and i'm white and and uh, the other kids followed so it all worked out they got 
over there, but except for one young guy. And he, as he's being carried out, he's kind of turtling up, you know, he was just not able to help himself. And then some, he felt some kelp on his feet and he freaked out about the kelp on his feet. And he thought they were something grabbing him. (laughs) He totally stopped moving and he's just going out to sea. And uh, I jumped in and I swam hard and hard and hard. And he's like going out. He was starting to get into the big waves. And I oh grabbed him and I was able to. <laughs> I was not oh, expecting this. Now they all, they, they all lived, right? Everyone's alive and well at this they point. All- the well, parents that was know. It. We got to the island. Now we're all on the island. We still had to get back, back off. On the <laughs> so everyone still had to do it the reverse bad. on the way back. Yeah. Too. They may still be out there, Jen. I don't know. <laughs> uh. Did you do a head count, Pete? <laughs> it was bad. I didn't have a radio. It was like actually getting to be dusk at that point, and like the beach is abandoned, and nobody knew where we were. I mean, I broke every rule in the book. Wow. Uh, so it was Oof. lucky we, uh, you know, regrouped, che- checked out the nest. That was that was a win. But uh, we regrouped and then, um, you know, then we talked about it. We had a long, hard discussion about how we were going to approach the problem of getting back home. And, everyone, and uh, just to clarify, everyone got home. Right, they did. Yes, we just need to hear. Home. We need to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Did you get some? Did you get some stern phone calls later from the parents of the other <laughs> oh, children? Oh, what oh, were they doing? Oh, <laughs> like, oh, I can just imagine. Like, uh, Pete, my child has just oh. come home telling me he almost drowned <laughs> under your supervision today. <laughs> I don't know. I never heard anything back, so I don't think any of the kids ever said anything about it. It was like, just oh, I guess that's just the way it <laughs> well, is. They, they know now, Pete, the cat is out of the bag. <laughs> they know now. Oh, wow. Well, Jen, that story has definitely stayed with me from Pete. I think about it all the time. <laughs> I love his attitude to it, though. Um, and it kind of reminds me of the next story you want to share, which came from my parents. It's very cool experience to be able to interview your own parents for a podcast like this. And when they came on the podcast um, earlier this year, I asked them some questions we just hadn't asked. I'd never asked them before. And they came out with this story, which is just so indicative of the way that we traveled as kids. I'm not surprised by it, but I was still a little shocked to hear <laughs> to hear how, how they kind of took us around in the outback of Australia. And just for reference, I have no memory of this because as you'll hear, I was a tiny baby. So here it is. And we left Melbourne in 19... 19- 84 when you were five weeks old in a camper van to head right across Australia to come home to Perth. So we basically finished up with work. We bundled a whole lot of junk into the car. We put the two kids in, I think, in car seats and you were on in your little bassinet on the floor of the camper van with a lot of stuff around <laughs> I picture Kate just like in a like just sliding across the floor, like you know, like as the bassinet just sliding across in traffic on the winding roads. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of junk on the floor, so there was some junk on the floor. I mean, you were fine, Kate. You lived lived, though. I was the junk. I don't think Kate remembers it, but uh, we decided, (laughs) of course, not to come back on the bitumen roads to go back through the great central roads where we had about a thousand k's of sandy four wheel drive tracks which were in a two-wheel drive car we're lucky to get through but and kate wouldn't remember but coming into western australia probably seven eight hundred miles from the nearest k km from the nearest town we had to go over these sand dunes so we i'd I'd gun the car up as fast as we could go to get over the top because you had to get up a long hill and then over and one of them we got to the top and the there was no 
slope down the other side. It was almost a sheer drop. So the car went <laughs> over, launched through the air, came down on its nose, and, and the sand went right over the roof and into the car uh, through the windows. And all of, this, all of our luggage in the back came out over the kids and all over Kate. And so Kate was buried and so we had to dig her out. And uh, I remember taking the margarine out of a cot and uh, see if she was all right. Uh, not only was she fine, but the car was fine, no damage. And so we just kept going. You have never told me that story. Any, any scars or bruises, Kate, that maybe what? now are coming back? Oh, we're not, not going to fess up to that. No way. No, but no damage. Oh my gosh, Kate, that's such a good one. Like, I just picture your parents using like a little shovel to like dig you out of the sand inside the van, like this small, tiny baby, like, ah, but I could just hear your dad being like, ah, she'll be all right. You know, like this very kind of, she's all right. Like, they're good. We just dig out the sand and keep going on. Oh my gosh, those are some good ones. I just want to put it out there that you see all these beautiful photos on Instagram, not necessarily on our account. There's a lot of kids flailing around on the ground like, I don't want to hike, but on other people's accounts. And you think, how are they doing it? How are they hiking up to the backcountry? How are they having a beautiful gardening moment with their kids? How does their kid go on a long bike ride and not have a tantrum? But they do. They're just not being honest with you. And every parent makes mistakes and you're awesome for just trying. And I think that part is really important because many of the times you try, you don't necessarily succeed, but we still think you're kind of kick-ass parents, particularly if you're listening to this podcast up until this point. Uh, we want to send some love out to you, say a big thank you for tuning into the podcast this year. We have really enjoyed recording Get Outside With Kids. We've learned so much. Uh, we've connected with a lot of you as well, um, and we really hope that you'll be joining us again for the full year next year. We're going to have so many great episodes, so many great guests, um, and lots of inspiration for you to get outside with your kids let us know which one of those mistakes was your favorite you can send us a dm or share in the comments when we post this on instagram um and if you've got some stories to share we would love to highlight those give us a shout out over on instagram at get outside with kids and we'll be back next week with another episode